0: Welcome to New Life's weekly podcast. New Life is a United Methodist congregation established in 2011 in McChesney Park, Illinois. Worship is weekly at 5.30 p.m. with events ongoing. Check us out online at www.findnewlifeumc.org and sign up for our weekly e-newsletter. I'm your host, Mark Myers, pastor of New Life, as well as our sister congregation, Sherland United Methodist Church, and our cooperative on-site mission, The Paper Angel Closet. This week's sermon is titled Half Truths Everything Happens for a Reason. It's preached on September 3rd and September 4th, 2016. Scripture reading Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 through 20a. Moses said to the Israelites, I call heaven and earth as my witnesses against you right now. I have set life and death blessing and curse before you. Now choose life so that you and your descendants will live by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, and by clinging to him. That's how you will survive and live. May God bless the reading of Holy Scripture today. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for all those listening to your word and good news through our podcast this week. Please bless them, encourage them, and help them experience your presence and call on their lives. Send your spirit upon them and help them to hear your voice as they go about their week. Amen. My first interview to enter the ministry process did not go very well. I was recently out of college and on fire for my call and my future. I was looking at seminaries and ready for whatever came my way. Generally, these first interviews are pleasant. Tell us about yourself. What books are you reading? Why do you want to become a pastor? What do you do for fun? My interview started with, what's your understanding of grace? I was not recommended at the time. Afterwards, someone said, everything happens for a reason. I thought to myself, yeah, everyone on that committee is a big fat jerk. Thankfully, that was not the end of my process. Unfortunately, it would also not be the last time I heard everything happens for a reason. Over the next five weeks, we will be using a book by Reverend Adam Hamilton, the pastor of the Church of the United Methodist Church of the Resurrection, called Half Truths. And we're going to be examining some things we say and even believe beyond a shadow of a doubt. Each week, we will discuss one of the following statements. Everything happens for a reason. God helps those who help themselves. God won't give you more than you can handle. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. And love the sinner, hate the sin. Each statement is a half-truth. There may be some truth in it, but it may not really speak to the truth we hold in Jesus Christ. My hope is that we can question each of these statements together as we should seek to question all things and compare them to what we know of the Word of God, Jesus Christ, His life, death, and resurrection. Now, before we begin, a couple disclaimers. The subtitle of this book, Half-Truths, is God helps those who help themselves and other things the Bible doesn't say. That statement in itself is a half-truth. The Bible doesn't expressly say any of the five things I just stated above, But, however, there are scriptural texts that could be used to justify these statements. There are also scriptural texts that can be used to justify child abuse, staying in an abusive marriage, polygamy, slavery, and rape. Everything we read should be through the lens of Jesus Christ. That is why this series is so important. Without Christ at our center and the guidance and teaching of the Holy Spirit, our Bible, our Holy Scripture, can be used as a terrible weapon. Now let's look at the first statement. Everything happens for a reason. If by everything happens for a reason we mean because of our choices and our actions, there are consequences. Then yes, everything does happen for a reason. In our scripture reading today, Moses is telling that to the Israelites. They were out in the middle of the desert. God had saved them and Moses had taken them out of Egypt and away from slavery. Now they had a choice. They could follow their own desires and wills And it would likely have led them to death. Because they didn't have a lot of friends in the desert, let alone food and shelter. But if they chose to follow God, God would lead them to life. And God did. Our bad choices have consequences. So do our good choices. Free will is amazing that way. What we say, think, and do actually has an impact on our lives and the lives of people around us. For better and for worse. So in that sense... Everything does happen for a reason. But generally, when we say everything happens for a reason, we are responding to human suffering, pain, and loss. I've heard it a lot at funerals, especially tragic ones. It's said many different ways. It was part of God's plan. It was their time. God needed another angel in heaven. It was God's will. We may believe That God is in complete control of everything. And therefore, everything that happens is part of the ultimate will of God. Good things, bad things, and everything in between. Why do good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people? Does it even matter? God must know what God is doing. After all, the Apostle Paul writes, All things work together for good for those who love the Lord. Now, if we take that thinking to its logical limits, things can get a little out of hand. If God controls everything, then God has already determined who is going to win the World Series. And if the Cubs lose this year, obviously God isn't much of a Cubs fan. It also means if I forget my wife's birthday or our anniversary, it was part of God's plan. It means that if, if, if I'm in a bad mood, it was part of God's will. If I order food and that food is undercooked, it was God's will and I better eat it because if I don't, I might anger God. That is, unless I don't eat it, which would also be part of God's plan. Now you can drive yourself loony with that line of thinking. Beyond the silliness, there are a few other problems I have with this train of thought. The first problem I have with everything happens for a reason and therefore everything is part of God's plan, is that it removes human responsibility. If God is in control of everything, then my actions do not matter. I had a friend in high school, fortunately I had several over the course of my life, killed by a drunk driver. If everything is God's will, then it was the will of God that one individual got drunk, got into their car, got behind the wheel, drove off, came across a car full of teenagers, hit them, injuring three and killing one. It was not the driver's fault. It was God's will. If everything happens for a reason and the reason is God, then all things fall under this umbrella and we are not responsible for anything we do. Good, bad, ugly, it's all part of the plan. Secondly, everything happens for a reason and the reason is God, makes God responsible for all things. It was God's will that millions of people died in World War II, including the execution of six million Jews who the Bible calls God's chosen people. It means that it's God's will for 2,500 children to be homeless in our community and 1,800 children to be in the foster care system because of situations at their home. It means that every wildfire, flood, and tsunami is the will of God. It means every bad thing that happens to you is part of God's plan. Now, a God who causes millions of children to die from starvation, for people to suffer and die from terrible diseases, who allows tyrants to control entire nations, and causes disasters to wipe out entire towns from the map, disturbs me. Disturbs me a lot. A third problem that stems from the first two is this line of thinking can lead to fatalism and indifference. If God causes all things to happen, good or bad, why should we care about what happens? Whatever will be, will be. Now that's a pretty dark twist on Hakuna Matata, which means no worries. Why should I take care of myself? Why should I eat while exercise or wear a seatbelt? My time is predetermined and nothing I can do will change that. That's fatalism. What about our presidential campaign? Why vote? God will choose who is president and nothing we can do can change that. Why should the Cubs practice? Either they're going to win or not win. If Javier Baez makes a error and costs the game, it was God's will. If Bryant hits three home runs, that was God's will, not him. If Aria Edda throws a perfect game, God has already decided that. It has nothing to do with his skill or how Jake was feeling that day. Or who he was facing? Is that how God is calling us to live? Is that the picture of God we experience in Jesus Christ? Generally speaking, Christians throughout the generations have affirmed both God's providence and God's sovereignty. Providence speaks to God as a provider. Christians generally affirm that God is providence over the universe and everything in it. God has provided for us and continues to provide for us. God's sovereignty speaks to the rule of God. The sovereign is the highest power and authority. Christians and many other faith traditions consider God the ruler of the cosmos. God is ultimate authority, and therefore all honor, glory, power, and praise belong to God. Although most Christians believe in God's providence and sovereignty, they have interpreted and understood them in very different ways. John Calvin, the father of the reform movement during the Protestant Reformation, took up the mantle of theological determinism. Since God is sovereign, everything that happens is God's will. If something happens that isn't God's will, then God is not in fact sovereign. Calvin said no wind ever rises or rages without God's special command. God is ultimate micromanager in Calvin's mind. God controls every detail of everything that happens. There's plenty of scripture to back this up. In the Bible, we read a story about a drought during the life of the prophet Elijah. God had kept the rains, and God gave the rains at the appointed time. Calvin held every thought and feeling you have is governed by God. Certainly the the Bible seems to show examples of God hardening hearts and softening hearts. Calvin is known for a theology called predestination. God has already determined everything that happens. That means before you were born, God had already determined if you were going to heaven or hell. God chooses some for damnation. Their actions are meaningless. They are literally damned if they do, damned if they don't. Another theological idea to take notice of is of dominion, particularly human dominion. In Genesis, we read God telling humanity, be fertile. And multiply. Fill the earth and master it. Take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and everything crawling on the ground. The idea here is that God created everything and intended humanity to partner with God in creation. Here in Genesis, God is handing over a lot of responsibility of creation to humanity. From the very beginning, God gave humanity a path and guidance to do what is right and thrive, and the freedom to allow humans to do what is wrong and suffer the consequences. The word we translate as sin actually is an archery term meaning to miss the mark. If we stay on target, God, we are going to be okay. If we sin, miss the mark, we may suffer because of our actions and their consequences. That's what Moses was trying to tell the Israelites in today's scripture reading. If we follow God, we might just get out of this desert. If we miss the mark, we'll likely end up dead. With that in mind, we can go to another, well, the other end of the theological spectrum. Deism. Deism holds the view that God created everything and then gave humans the keys to the universe and took an extended vacation. After all, the Bible does say God rested on the seventh day. Deism solves the issue of suffering in that all suffering is based on consequences of humans, our choice, our actions. Everything does happen for a reason. The reason is people. But that seems to negate much of, if not all, of what God did for us in Jesus Christ. God became human, lived among us, taught us, shared with us, died for us, rose again for us, and offers us new life and adopts us as children. That sounds like a pretty active God to me. As I think about this and ponder the countless Christians and theologians who have done the same, I think we can find another line of thought. Maybe one that isn't so one sided. Now, there's a meme that says something like this Everything happens for a reason, but sometimes that reason is you're stupid and you make bad decisions. That might seem a little bit over the top, but there's some truth there. It may get to the heart of this issue. Let's assume God is sovereign. And God superintends over the cosmos. God has put into place laws that govern nature, life, and most of what we know. Humanity, given the blessing of free will, interacts with those laws. God guides humanity, has given us scriptures and the Holy Spirit, and strengthens us when we ask for help. But God never forces us to do anything. Go back to Romans chapter 8 when Paul says all things work together for good. Does Paul say everything happens for a reason? No. But Paul believed that even the bad things can be turned around for God's purpose. God can force evil caused by humanity to work for good. I've experienced this many times in my life. Most notably in my experience with my daughter. I do not believe my daughter was caused by God to have a traumatic brain injury. I do not it believe that that was the will of almighty God or that God willed that so that I could have children. I have the physical ability to have children. There are adoption processes, all kinds of other avenues to have children. That was not God. When my daughter was shaken violently, that was not God. That was the action of a young parent who was overwhelmed and under-equipped. Now, I believe there were a lot of choices that went into that from that person and from all the people around them. And I believe there were opportunities God calling out to prevent that from happening. And because there were no actions taken, it didn't. Ultimately, because one action was taken, because she was shaken, she suffered that traumatic brain injury. Now, I do believe this, that God placed Jennifer in the path of my daughter when she came into the hospital that night. I believe God placed a call on my heart and my wife's heart to foster her. God didn't force us into that. We had to make that decision, and it came with a lot of prayerful consideration. But we said yes, and because we did, we now have a family. Three children who experienced abuse and neglect because of human actions, not God actions, now hopefully have all things working together for good because of God actions and human actions working together in sync. The founder of the Methodist movement, John Wesley, gave the early Methodists three general rules. They are do no harm, do all the good you can, stay in love with God. Do no harm is the first for a reason, because often we end up hurting people by the things we say and do, even if we are trying to do all the good we can. Today's half truth, everything happens for a reason, needs to be examined because all too often it can hurt people. It can hurt people so much that it impacts their view of God and even turns them away from faith entirely. That's why I just advocate, I just ask that you consider not saying these things, or at least consider it before you say it very carefully. Because if you hurt someone and turn them away from God, turn them away from faith, that is the opposite of our mission which is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And we don't do that in harm. We do that in love. Amen. This has been a recording of New Life Ministry. Learn more about us at www.findnewlifeumc.org and connect with us through our newsletter, Facebook, or Twitter. If you liked what you heard on our podcast, like it on iTunes or Google Play. Share it with your friends. Also consider supporting our Paper Angel Closet, which provides toiletries and personal care items to the homeless and at-risk youth in our community, foster families and children, the families of those diagnosed with cancer, refugee families and families in need. Donate online or drop off items at New Life UMC 8301 Mitchell Road, McChesney Park, Illinois 61115. Worship is every Saturday at 5.30 p.m. Until next week, live knowing that you are beloved children of God in heaven. Challenge yourself to share that love with all those you meet wherever you go and realize that by the power of the Holy Spirit and Christ's body of the church, you can make a difference in your community and the world. Amen.